I suppose it is a political story now, right? Uh, We know, of course, the near total shutdown of the economy during the hard lockdown. Uh, And then, of course, uh, the haphazard uh, and partial reopening since has uh, wreaked havoc with South Africa's tax base. And so the question we're asking this morning is, are we facing an imminent tax collapse? And what would that mean for any hope of fixing a country still broken from the legacy of apartheid uh, and inequality? Are we doomed to become another beggar nation reliant on donor funds? We're joined now by SARS Commissioner Edward Kiesweta. Always a pleasure to chat to you and welcome back to our program. Good morning, Morgane. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. I'm well, thank you. I hope you are too. I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Let's, let's get straight into it. The idea of a tax collapse is completely unprecedented in South Africa. Is it too early to go there? Well, it depends what you mean by tax collapse. But certainly, tax is uh, very well correlated to the economy. When the minister set the SARS original estimate for this year, the working assumption was that the economy would expand at uh, nominally at 5.5%. We are now facing an economy that is likely to contract by more than 7% uh, if you take uh, the views that uh, are currently penciling. So we are definitely going to see a decline in revenue performance for this year. But then if you add to that the fact that we already were in a struggling economy, we already were in a struggling size. Yeah. And, and then during lockdown, we have also, uh, it's not only about uh, stopping the economic activities that uh, lockdown brought about. Right. It's the fact that some of these businesses that uh, lockdown may never come back, and that's been a loss of right. economic capacity. And some of the jobs that we have lost will not come back immediately. And so our longer-term concern, notwithstanding this year's revenue decline, is that for the foreseeable future, we have a contracting revenue base. Um, So that's really the real medium to longer-term implication. Well, let's talk about the short term, though. Two months ago, you told Parliament that uh, your projected uh, expectations were around 285 billion rand. Um, have you revised those figures, or do you think it's even worse? The minister will, um, in October, give a, a update sense of that. But I can tell you, as of the end of last month, we were already trailing by 73 billion just on year on year, um, and we have also seen an, um, a steady. Uh, number of retrenchments of companies applying for tax directors. Uh, at, at the time, it was uh, around about 80,000. Uh, the number of businesses applying for business rescue um, and liquidation. So, so we can see the evidence and the uh, the actual what we call the leading indi- indicators. Uh, so we think that 300 uh, billion or thereabouts. Uh, we will become clearer as we understand how the economy, yeah. how the economy recovers, uh, but we don't think it will be any better than that. Oh, goodness me. Uh, let's talk about uh, the losses, the much-touted losses from uh, tobacco and now the liquor industry. How significant are they? And do you have any sympathy with uh, the liquor traders who are now asking for a deferment? 
I think the word sympathy is probably not the word I would use. Uh, I have no sympathy for smokers and no sympathy for people who abuse alcohol. But I think more seriously, um, we don't really get into the, uh, the, the uh, evaluating the background to the decision. Uh, but what I can tell you is that the decision has material consequences. In terms of excise, we have seen a 51% decrease in the collection year on year, uh, amounting for some 18 billion uh, so far in total. Um, and a significant portion of that is obviously uh, the loss due to uh, cigarette and, and uh, to, to, uh, tobacco and alcohol. The concern in that is downstream if all of the activity is stopped and thankfully we can for export, but the smaller guys aren't really uh, affected by the export economy. Uh, and so there again, you're talking of potentially losses of jobs uh, and losses of uh, smaller uh, far- farmers and, and, and producers who are really already on the edge of uh, the economic survival. So that's a longer term concern that we have. Uh, obviously, uh, government weighs that up against the impact of, of uh, um, you know, having the available capacity. And one understands, sadly, South Africa has a longer-term uh, problem with substance abuse, which COVID didn't create, it simply revealed it. Um, and I think, therefore, we do have a challenge in the longer term to say, how do we as a society deal with substance abuse? Some good news. Filing season 2020 already underway in a sense because of the new auto assessment system. Um, where are we on that and what details would you like the public to know? Rani, thanks for that question. And really this year, we, as part of our modernization process, we thought we would apply a lot more focus on the compliance of employers. Now you'd be you may not be surprised, but let me tell you and, and the listeners that employers have been quite bad in, in honoring the agency agreement that they have to collect taxes on behalf of SARS right. and then to reconcile that. That is, of course, apart from the revenue compromise that that uh, holds, it also holds down to challenges. So if you as an, an employee, uh, if your employer has not submitted and reconciled the obligation, then when you come to file your return, uh, we will have gaps in information that would have made it easier for you. And so what we have done is we focused the first phase on getting employers compliant, and thankfully of about 262 employers, we already have 1,000. We have 230,000 who have complied. We also have information from banks and financial institutions, medical institutions, uh, um, and and uh, retirement fund uh, administrative fund. We take this information uh, and we use machine learning algorithms. We take your previous taxpayer records where you have outstanding returns of comp- non-compliant. And so using our auto-assessment uh, algorithms can actually produce an assessment outcome for you. And through our modeling, we know that just over 3 million taxpayers are going to qualify for that. What that means, Bongani, is you will get, um, during the month of August, if you are one of the three million people, you'll get an SMS from us telling us, telling you you've already been assessed uh, provisionally by us. Um, you'll get an SMS, you'll go onto our mobile app or e-filing website, 
you have an opportunity to see the outcome. And if you accept it, you simply tell us and you're done. Uh, there is no right. need to do anything. Makes and it- that's the power of it. But what that also then helps us downstream on the 1st of September, then those who then choose to file and then those percentage who insist on coming to our branches to reduce the queues and to allow uh, us to practice social distancing, both for the safety of our own staff and taxpayers, we will ask you firstly, do not come to our offices. We have worked very hard by expanding our digital offering, so you can actually fulfill almost every obligation, 99.9% of your obligations you can fulfill online. And for the, those who still want to come because they need our help, uh, we will right. to use an appointment system uh, from the 1st of September so as to manage the flows to our offices. Commissioner, as always, a pleasure to chat to you. I think it's uh, it's great and very encouraging for citizens to hear a, a re-strengthened SARS uh, really once again trying to be a shining beacon uh, as far as uh, the administration of its affairs in the country. The SARS Commissioner there, Edward Kisweta.